It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's today's special guest, Sandy McConaughey. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful morning. Thank you for the rain and the cool weather of this fall and the beauty. Thank you that you are wonderful and marvelous and that you have heaped us this morning with all of your benefits, benefits from way back and on into eternity. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I pray for your strength this morning in sharing these things with, with all those who are listening and pray that this too would be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, we are going through the names of God, as you know. And this morning, I have another one to share with you. There it is. <laughs> El Shaddai. <clears throat> the Lord Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is Jesus praying. Eternal life is to know our God. Did you ever think that would be eternal life? We think it's this unending uh, uh, being alive thing. But being alive means knowing God, knowing our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. <clears throat> One of the ways to get to know him more, his character, <clears throat> excuse me, his character, his works, his relationship to us is to know his names. His name, his names. It's not like back in the time of Shakespeare when Shakespeare said, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That rose could change names a million times and still be the same thing. But God's names are who God is, and you can't change them. They are Him. There's no distinction between God's name and His character, His person, and who He actually is in His whole being. And so when we know His names, we know much more about him. When I say the word rose, do you know a whole lot about what I just said? No, you don't know the color, you don't know where it is, you don't know the kind, you don't know what to do with it to make it grow the best ever, you don't know when to prune it or fertilize it. You don't know very much about it when you say rose. But when you say God Almighty, that gives you a clue as to what's going on with that name and the person who owns it. David declared in Psalm 138, verse 2, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. He magnifies his word according to his name. 
God's name declares his character, his person. His word reveals who our God is through the revelation of his name or names. His character, his acts, his judgments, his relationship with us, they're all revealed through his names. He reveals through his word everything he wants us to know about him and magnifies his word according to his name. And so this morning I want to magnify this name, Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai. El Shaddai is generally thought to mean something like the all-sufficient one. In our English Bibles, it's translated as Almighty God, or God Almighty, or the Almighty. And it means the almightiness of our God. And whenever you see those words in the Bible, in the Hebrew, it would be if you were looking at Lord God Almighty in the Bible as your English words, in the Hebrew, it would most likely be El Shaddai the Almighty One. Shaddai, El Shaddai. El Shaddai is Lord God Almighty. Shaddai is Almighty. The Hebrew word Dai in Shaddai, so D-A-I. The Hebrew word Dai means to shed forth, to pour out, to heap benefits. And this strongly goes along with Psalm 68, 9, 19, that says the Lord daily loads us with benefits. This is what God uses his almighty power for, to heap benefits, shed forth, pour out, bless. And one of these benefits that I was looking up, that he daily loads us with, is bearing our burdens. I'm going to amplify that more a little later. The Hebrew word shad on the front of shaddai indicates that which is like a mother's breast, which nourishes, supplies, and satisfies. That's actually the Hebrew word for that. The word Hebrew word shadad, which is kind of like Shaddai, means to overpower, to destroy, and suggests something like absolute power and great strength. So, let's put all those words together. Dai, Shaddai, Shad, Shaddad. <laughs> and what do you have? You have a name of God that suggests Provision, sustenance, blessings, nourishment, supply, satisfying, absolute power, and great strength in an almightiness. In other words, <clears throat> almighty to provide, sustain, bless, nourish, supply, satisfy, and to exercise absolute power for our benefit, for our protection, 
And he just displays great strength to do all of those things all the time for those who love him. I love this word, El Shaddai, this name of our God. It's huge. It's not easy to find out what this word means because it's, it's just so all-encompassing. So, <clears throat> one of the meanings that I read about Shaddai is, and this is an interesting comment about this name of God, while Elohim is the God who creates, in the name Shaddai, God reveals himself as the God who compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. He's able to triumph over every obstacle and all opposition. He's able to subdue all things to himself. Did you hear that? He can compel, because he's almighty, he can compel nature to do what is contrary to itself. He who created it can compel it to do something different than what it usually was created to do. And we see that in the many miracles and the way that God works in the Bible. It's all through the Bible. Elohim is the God who creates. El Shaddai is so mighty, he can compel the Red Sea to let his people go through it on dry land. And there is an example of nature acting in contrariness to itself by the power of the Almighty God. And what about <clears throat> all the plagues of Egypt? Does that sound like God's normal creation? Mm -mm. What about the provision of water from a rock? More than once. What about the, the manna, the supply of food every day? And twice on Saturday, twice as much on Saturday, Or maybe that was Friday, so that the Sabbath on Saturday, <laughs> they would have enough. <laughs> what about the sandals and the clothes and, and everything, not wearing out for 40 years? Man, wouldn't that be good for your budget if your clothes never wore out for 40 years? <laughs> I think I might still have some from 40 years ago. <laughs> but they might look like it, too. What about the bringing of the children of Israel into their land through the parting of the Jordan River? What about the hailstones that caused the Israelites to win wars over their enemies? Because the hail only fell on their enemies. What about the sun that stood still? What about healing of leprosy? The widow's oil and flour barrel that never ran out during the drought in Elijah's day. What about the ravens bringing food to Elijah. These are all examples of God compelling nature in his almightiness to do what is contrary to itself. What about telling storms to stop? And they do. Jesus, El Shaddai. What about resurrecting the dead? <clears throat> The widow of Nain's son, Lazarus, was one of those that got raised up from the dead. Lazarus, that's the, the widow of Nain's son and Lazarus. We, we hear about them in the Word of God, in the New Testament. What about Jesus? 
raised up from the dead, he who was the Son of God and the Son of Man. And what about all those people that came out of their tombs at the time when Jesus died? What about, what about what's going to happen? If it's been happening contrary to nature, doesn't that give us hope in our God Almighty that there is yet more of that to come? And when we pray and we ask God for things, and, and they're extraordinary things, we know that our God is so almighty that he can compel nature to answer our prayers according to what we ask. It, this is a name that helps us to have more faith. More faith in our God because he is almighty and he can compel nature to do. Like we, we're used to seeing stuff a certain way, having things on the earth work a certain way, and like the storms and the seasons and the <clears throat> rivers and the way that they act and all of these things, dead people, how they continue on. <laughs> I don't usually get raised from the dead. We're used to seeing life in a certain uh, perspective on what's normal. And we're totally blown away when God does something almighty and changes it. And we call it a miracle. These things that God does in his almightiness that are contrary to nature are what we have labeled miracles. And God is still doing them, and he is going to continue doing them. This is his name. <clears throat> Our God never changes. Excuse me. Who is like the Lord our God? We're not. We cannot compel nature to do what's contrary to itself, can we? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so, our God, as El Shaddai, is the all sufficient one, the all bountiful one the almighty one to work miracles. He mightily nourishes, satisfies, protects, and supplies all that his people have need of for all time. And by his almighty power, he abundantly blesses with all manner of blessings. This is a great meditation to take and think about how is God Almighty in what all areas? And as, even as you read through the Bible one year, try and pick out all the instances of how mighty God is. There's no end to his power and his sufficiency, his abundance, his blessings, his provisions. And he is our God. He is your God. This is him. He is. I walked in the chapel this morning and J uh, Joseph was playing the uh, soundtrack to He Is. And it was just so amazing to, to walk in knowing how almighty our God is and to hear all these names of who He is. 
I think they all come under this category. He's so almighty. <clears throat> There's no end to him. Only a God who has all power can be all-sufficient, almighty, and all-bountiful. He has to be almighty to be all of these other alls. And he can do everything that he has said he will do, and he will fulfill all that he has promised to yet do. He's been fulfilling promises all the way through the Old Testament, into the New Testament, and into the church age. And now, here we are. Is he going to change? No, he's not. He's going to continue to be who he is and always has been, and provide abundantly, and bless, and nourish, and do miracles, and answer prayer in almighty ways. He is able to carry out all of his purposes that he has purposed from before time began until after time ends, all the way through, all the time. We have not yet seen the end of the almighty God, almightiness of our God. There's more to come in the Bible, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds a little intimidating, but with our God, with us, in us, helping us through it, even if it's tomorrow, the protection and the, the benefits and the pouring out and protecting and, and giving us what we have need of. You, you sometimes read the news and you think, oh, oh what if everything goes down and, and there's no food and there's no clean water and there's... There's no shelter. What are we going to do? This is scary. No, it isn't. <laughs> it is not scary. It's something to look forward to seeing how almighty our God is and to anticipate what will God do then. Just like he's done all the way in the past, what will he do then? Come, Lord Jesus, let it be tomorrow or today. We want to see God in all of his glory, all of who he is. The name El Shaddai first appears in Genesis 17, and I'm going to read some verses to you that include this actual El Shaddai name <clears throat> so that you can see how what I've been talking about kind of relates to the verses that, that El Shaddai comes from. For example, um, Genesis 17:1 says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. Here's God telling a human being like Abram to be perfect. But he first of all introduces himself as I am almighty. That must have meant something to Abram in how he could walk if God 
his God is almighty. It, that was God wanting to make a covenant with Abram. He wants to give him a promise and make a covenant. And the covenant has everything to do with the gospel. I love the gospel, you all know that. And I love where it starts in the word of God way back in the book of Genesis chapter 2, I think it is, and then carries on in chapter 12 and chapter 17. And the covenant begins, and God makes these promises, and we see them fulfilled in Jesus, in the New Testament, and on the day of Pentecost. It's amazing. Follow this through. God is almighty to accomplish what he starts way back when, even before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> Another time it appears in Genesis 49. And this is the blessing that Jacob was giving to Joseph when Jacob was dying. Jacob is Joseph's father. And he is blessing Jacob. And he says, you know how Jacob went to his 12 sons or, or talked about each one and gave them some sort of words while he was dying? These are the words to Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. Its branches run over a wall. You ever seen branches that just cover and run over a wall? They, they're just prolific, fruitful. Like there's some grapes that grow from my neighbor's yard over our back fence. And not every year are the grapes real prolific, but some years that vine is everywhere and the grapes are just heavy on the vine. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. Its branches run over a wall. The archers bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained firm, and his arms were agile. From the hands of Shaddai, the mighty one of Jacob, from there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, from the God of your Father who helps you, and by the Almighty Shaddai, who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of your Father have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the one distinguished among his brothers. This is Jacob invoking the name El Shaddai to heap these benefits of blessing upon his son Joseph when he was dying. This is his blessing. Did you hear all that? That's an amazing blessing. <clears throat> He's invoking the almightiness uh, of God to provide an abundance of blessings, of nourishment, provision, satisfaction, um, children, herds, flocks, everything that could possibly be a blessing upon Joseph's life and his whole lineage. Here are some of the other places where El Shaddai is used. Genesis 28.3, the God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And then Genesis 35, 11, God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. 
a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. <clears throat> Here's God saying what's going to happen, and he's saying it as God Almighty. So what he says, he can do. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me, Genesis 48, 3. These blessings that came to Jacob, came to Abram, also came to Isaac and to Jacob and their lineage. <coughs> Excuse me. Job loves to use the name El Shaddai. He uses it more than anybody else in the word of God. <coughs> More than 30 times out of the 48 times that El Shaddai is in the, the Old Testament, Job is the one who uses them 30 times. There's 48, he's got 30 of them. He says, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty God. And he says, Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will El Shaddai pervert judgment. Job 34, 12. And Job goes on like that. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. Psalm 91, verse 1. There's David invoking El Shaddai. In, an, in a place of abiding protection. And this is, this is what the Almighty's voice sounds like. The sound of the cherubim's wings was heard even to the outer court as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaks. Ezekiel 10, verse 5. So you get this, right? Are you getting this? I feel like I'm repeating myself. But <laughs> But this is because this is who this God is. This is what he does with who he is. <clears throat> Our God does, did and does and will do amazing things as our God Almighty. What would you do if you had some almighty power? Hmm. I could go through the story of what uh, the people at the time of the Tower of Babel thought they could do with the little power that they had. Think about that story. Anybody not know what happened at the Tower of Babel and what they said? Let's build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and will make us a name unless we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. God was going, huh, what? No. <clears throat> Let's go down there and, and scatter these guys upon the face of the whole earth. And he did. Sandy's an abridged translation. <clears throat> There's the power of God overcoming the purposes of man and his little puny power that he thought he might have had. We, as human beings, in light of who our God is, have no right to be independent from our God. 
God alone has a right to be independent because he has everything within himself. We have nothing within ourselves without him. Nothing. We are actually called dead without God. How much power do dead things have? None. Unless God uses them to bring forth life. Out of death can come life. Jesus demonstrated it. He's woven it into creation. Out of death comes life. That is how powerful God is. But we can't do that. And we have no right <clears throat> to be independent. Our whole dependency is upon that one who is all-sufficient, all-bountiful, all-powerful, almighty, to provide, sustain, nourish, and bless beyond measure, to protect us, to all-powerfully do everything for our good and our benefit. We are not like that. We think that when we have a little something, like a little uh, gift, like, like let's say you can sing beautifully, you have this gift. Or you're the greatest orator that ever lived. Or the greatest author. Or gymnast. Or pianist. Or violinist. Or you name it. You have a gift. We think when we have a gift like that, we are just really something. We tend to. And we do weird things with our weird view of what we've been given. And we puff ourselves up with pride. And that's what happened at the Tower of Babel. And that's why God said, no. That's not the way you're going to operate. In order to experience God's El Shaddai-ness, his all-powerfulness, we have to humble ourselves and realize our own insufficiency, realize our own exact oppositeness of God's almightiness. <clears throat> Our insufficiency leads us to go to him as the one who is almighty when we are all weakness. Without him we're nothing, we have nothing, and we can be nothing. And we will be overpowered and we will be destroyed. Are you guys as excited about this as I am? I, you don't look like it. Like Nathan says, notify your face. Because this is amazing. Even though we are weak, we don't have to despair. Even though we don't have this kind of power to, to organize and order our circumstances to go a certain way, and we're just sort of subject to the circumstances, we have this almighty God who dwells within us and who gives us all that we have need of in an almighty way to be able to endure to the end and beyond. With hope, with faith, with everything that we have need of to keep us in his good grace, <clears throat> with confidence. This is our God. He is able to save to the uttermost all who come to him.
and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even think of or ask for because he is El Shaddai. <clears throat> Here is a quote from Hudson Taylor. We have to do with one who is Lord of all power and might, whose arm is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, with one whose unchanging word directs us to ask and receive that our joy may be full, to open our mouths wide that he may fill them. And we do well to remember that this gracious God who has condescended to place his almighty power at the command of believing prayer looks not lightly on the blood guiltiness of those who neglect to avail themselves of it for the benefit of the perishing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for bearing our burden of sin upon the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for <clears throat> willing to love us by sending Jesus, your only begotten Son, into the world to be our burden to bearer in such an exquisitely amazing and all-encompassing way that we are mightily saved unto eternal life. We are resurrected from the dead. Our sins are washed away. We are filled with the very spirit of the life of our God. Oh, may it be that we never fall away. We never grow weary. We never be puffed up in pride. We never grow self-sufficient and self-oriented ever again. But we remember the Lord our God who loves us, who gave himself for us, and who can, in his almightiness, present us faultless before the throne of his glory with great joy. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellersley campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.